Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. <coughs> when I was in seminary, we had a class called homiletics, in which we were taught how to preach. And I remember the professor, who was quite good, saying one thing he gives drill into us. He said, whatever text you choose for the sermon, always remember the context. And he had two contexts. One, the immediate context, that one is right before it, one is right after it. The other was the broader context. For example, what, why did the author write the book in particular? What was he trying to stress? I always remember that it just sort of rung through my head, and I can't read a single verse of the Bible without hearing him say that. Context, context, context. He said it so many times. So in that regard, then, there's another theme that goes throughout the, the the New Testament, at least, I think it's in the entire Bible, but it's a little more subtle in the Old Testament. And that is, put off the old and put on the new. And St. Paul is very big on this. I think all the writers, even, even Christ speaking, uh, alludes to this concept, although St. Paul seems to touch it on it directly. And, and from the epistle to the Ephesians, he says to the thief, no longer steal, put off, but work to give. And to the liar, those are the two examples he uses, a thief and a liar. To the liar, he says, no longer lie, but speak the truth. Now, if you think of a compulsive thief or a compulsive liar, then you get a better picture there. I think maybe he was referring to that. I don't know. Now, I always thought the put off was too negative. You know, I didn't like this negative stuff. I wanted positives. I remember somebody saying to me in parish one time, Father, you're too negative. Uh, I need positive strokes. Well, if we only need positive strokes, <laughs> We're going to be disappointed in this life. Uh, so, in any case, I always thought it was too negative, but I realized then later that the, the put off, uh, the notion of put off was actually a commandment. Uh, and this is part of the context of put on is to put off. Well, the epistle for today, and this is very interesting because I didn't even look at the Old Testament, the, the Matins lessons, because uh, I wanted to focus on, on, on the, the epistle for today. And as it turns out, the Matins lesson provides part of the context for the epistle, for the Mass for today. That's very rare that that happens, but it does today. So in the Pericope for today, Colossians 3, 12 to 17, he says, he has a list of put-ons, things that we put on. So it's a commandment to us, put these things on. Tender mercies, and, the, and he speaks in generality, so I'm not going to fill in this, we could preach a sermon on each one of these things and go for 20 minutes at least on each. He mentions putting on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another, forgiving one another, allow in, the, in our hearts the peace of Christ, allow the Word of God to dwell in us. Let's put on. Okay, we got that. But what we heard in Matins this morning, which is really the context for this particular pericope uh, in Colossians, we hear him say, put off, put off, first and foremost, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, fornication, passion, evil desires, covetousness. Put off and put on. And don't do one without the other. I'll come back to that in a minute. We all know, and we've, I've said this many times, Father Marcus said it, the truth is antinomic. It's always two seeming opposites held in tension. So the truth is, put off the old and put on the new. That's what we're supposed to do. 
And if we're admonished to one, we can assume that the other is there. Just because the writer doesn't mention it doesn't mean it's not there. We can assume it. And we should take this then a step further. If our father confessor says, you need to pray more, uh, so we, we think, well, that means to try to put on prayer. I remember trying that once, seeing the monastics getting up in the Western tradition at 2 o'clock in the morning. I thought, I'm going to do that, by golly. And so I, I did myself out at 2 o'clock in the morning, struggling and stumbling, and, and no coffee, mind you, because they didn't have coffee, so I had to do without. I'm going to be really spiritual. So, so all I could get out was, good morning, Lord, and then I was fast asleep. <laughs> I did that a couple of times and realized something's wrong in this scenario, and I quit. I did a lot of things like that. I was very foolish when I was young. But, so if our father confessor says, you need to pray more, or we think we need to put on prayer, but in order to succeed, and that's a good thing to put on prayer, but in order to succeed at it, we need to change our habits. And that often means putting off, putting off the distractions that keep us from prayer, such as TV, hobbies, tasks that we do. Uh, you know, some of us are just need to do, be doing all the time, and so we have lists and tasks we're trying to accomplish, and sometimes we think we've got so much to do, we don't have time to pray. It doesn't mean those things are bad, it's just that they become priorities to us before prayer. Prayer has to be a priority. It's what we put on, and then we put off the things that distract us from doing that. The result of it is broader than just putting off and putting on. The result is that we open ourselves in the process to God, which is really what we want. We don't come here to see God in our image or to make him what we want him to be. We come here so that we can allow ourselves to be what he wants us to be. So we have to open ourselves to him to see that. Sort of like putting on and putting off. And we experience him when we go this route, when we do what he says. We experience, we encounter him. And he begins to work in us and through us, but with our cooperation. There's the key, with our cooperation. It would be really nice if, if we could just push a button and God would work through all of us and we'd never have to do a thing. Then we wouldn't be happy because we think he took something from us. And, and so we complain. Father Zacharias says a Christian asceticism is not simply a matter of don't do this or that, but rather do this and become perfect. Wow. So what is the text telling us then? Well, God wants to communicate his energy, his life, his energies to us. The person of the Trinity are God's energies. He wants to communicate this to us. But we have to learn to look for it. That is, we have to see with different eyes, put off and put on. Remember that he won't work without our consent. So we have to say yes. The reason why the fall occurred was Adam put himself first. He didn't want to do what God said to do. He would have, had to be, he would have had eternity to relish in the experience of the encounter with God that he was already having and he threw away because he wanted it his way. Put on or put off. And the devil tempted with put on. If you just do this, this, and this your way, then God knows that you will become God's. Well, that's sort of true. You participate in his life. But it's his way, not our way. Fourth point, then we have to practice learning the concepts of putting off and putting on. We have to practice them. We have to do them repeatedly. They have to become a part of our lives that drive us forward. A part that drives us forward. 
and it helps us to become real Christians. Father Zacharias tells us that Christianity, and I've said this before, is like a hard science. It can be tested. The problem is we expect the testing to take place over, you know, a day or two. And if I don't see results, it didn't work. So I can't believe that Christian nonsense. No, it's we're participating in eternity. So the doing of it is outside time. So we have to do it with the willingness to do it outside of time. And then it will work. But only when we cease demanding that we have it our way. God, I'll do this, but you got to do it on my time schedule. Wrong. Put off that notion and put on reality. And the last point of this is that and then God leaves our sins in our lives many times. Uh, the, the gospel account mentioned the tares among the wheat. Why is this? And why don't you take them out now? Because it might destroy the wheat. Leave it until harvest time. And, and I, would, I would say that he does this so that we will be willing to learn. God, you're so mean. You just don't take these things away from you. I've asked you to. Well, what are we doing to put off and put on in cooperation with God's grace? Hence, this is all about our learning. God wants to manifest himself to us, and we have to learn that and how to cooperate with it so that we can see it happen in us. And we learn three things when we do this. When we learn to put off the old and put on the new. And don't think that you're going to go home today and you're going to master it. I guarantee you. <laughs> it's not going to work that way. It's going to be a long, slow, tedious process. Because getting where we are has taken each of us a lifetime, however long that is. So we've got to overcome all of it. And that's a lot. Even as Christians, we have a lot to overcome. But what we learn are three things. One is we learn cooperation with God. And out of that we come to know who God is. Who is this one whom we worship here that we say this? Who is this? He wants us to know. And lastly, and this is a key part of this, we find out who we are. Who we are. Put off the old and put on the new tells us something about just not just God, but who we are, each of us as individuals. Put off the old, put on the new. You see how broad the context is and how important it is for us. It is everything. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.